0: Hi, everyone. I know you all are going to enjoy today's episode with celebrity fitness trainer and former U.S. Marine, Aaron Oprea. This conversation was recorded before Russia's attack on Ukraine. Thank you for listening.
1: Everyone, I am Emily Landers,
0: and this is how'd she do that. A podcast answering that question each episode. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of the podcast. I'm so happy that you're here, that you are listening, and I hope that you are enjoying our episodes that go out every Tuesday. Before we dive into today's episode with Erin Oprea, I wanted to give you all a quick update. Many of you have noticed that we have Friday bonus episodes going out, and they will continue to go out actually through the month. Month of March. So I hope you enjoyed this double up of HSDT during your week. This is a great resource for those of you who are interested in hearing more about the behind the scenes of life as an entrepreneur. We are highlighting the Southern Sea Conference that I was able to attend earlier this month in February, and it's been so fun to invite friends of mine and other attendees on to the podcast to share their stories. Now, the hope behind these quick and fun episodes is that it would be a great tool and resource for my listeners who maybe were not able to attend or just want to hear a little bit more about the inside scoop as to what some of your favorite entrepreneurs that you may be familiar with on social are doing privately and in their personal life to move the needle forward. There were so many takeaways and so many of my guests and other attendees who are joining me on these bonus episodes have real tangible things that they are moving into and and working on, and so they share those on these episodes. I think it's going to be a great way for you guys to brainstorm what it is you're doing with your business and how you want to continue to move the needle forward. Quick side note and massive thank you to those of you who have decided to be a monthly supporter of the podcast. If you would like to consider donating monthly to HSDT, that's a great way for us to continue on with these awesome conversations you can find the link in my bio at Emily Landers on Instagram or at How'd She Do That podcast on Instagram. Well, today's episode is one I've been really eager to share with you all. Ever since Erin's team reached out to us, I have been so inspired by Erin and her story, and it's one that I'm really excited for you to hear today. Here is Erin Oprea on How'd She Do That. Today's guest Erin Oprea is a celebrity fitness trainer, author, founder of Pretty Muscles app, and former Marine. Erin's upbringing was filled with sports, and at 18 years old, she received her first certificate as a personal trainer. Erin embraced the challenge the U.S. Marine Corps offered her and enlisted at the age of 20. With nine total years of service, including two tours of duty in Iraq, Erin made history when she was appointed to lead the first female platoon attached to the infantry in a war zone. While serving our nation, she became even more aware of the importance of physical fitness and nutrition. In 2006, Erin was recertified and immediately began using her unique fitness and nutrition plans to train an elite group of clients. Erin has been Carrie Underwood's personal trainer since early 2007. Working with celebrities like Casey Musgraves and Maren Morris has earned Erin the title of trainer to the stars. When Erin isn't training clients, writing books, or speaking with women like myself, she is likely spending time with her family, which includes her husband, Sean, and her two boys. Erin, welcome to How'd She Do That?
1: Well, thank you. What a nice introduction. Wow. <laughs> I, I sound like I'm really cool. <laughs> well, I,
0: I can say from not only just following you for some time, um, but even in my research, You're really cool.
1: (laughs) Give me a big head. Oh my god! No, I just like to have fun. Really, that's what my life is about. Is um, I I want a fulfilling life. I'm here to. I mean, we get one. Let's make the best out of it. Do everything that makes us happy, and that's what I uh, I follow my heart and what I love. Well, I'm so excited.
0: I'm I'm so eager to unpack more of your story today because even just from that intro, you've had a pretty amazing life. You've definitely taken the one life you have, and you've rocked it with. So many different elements in your life throughout your career, but I'd love to hear from you. Maybe, perhaps, let's start at the beginning. I mean, tell us a little bit more about your upbringing to that season of life,
1: man. So, I I would say I was blessed with like an amazing childhood. My world was we didn't come from any money. It was all about time. We spent a lot of time together as a family. I have two brothers and my mom and dad, and so we were just a really close family and played lots of sports. And uh, so I. I grew up in San Diego and I feel like I had a great childhood. And then I went into when I graduated high school. So I was in high school. I tried out for football. (laughs) I mean, I'm a pretty big tomboy. I guess a lot of people probably guess that by now with the Marine Corps and everything else. But uh, so I tried out for football in high school and they they're like, no, girls can't play. Obviously, a lot of that has changed since then. I was like, "Mm, whatever. And so I stuck with soccer. Soccer was my main sport. But when I got out, I was like, all I want to do is fitness. And so I got I graduated high school at 16 and went to college. Wow. And then decided at 18, I just wanted to be a trainer. And oh. back then, training was so not a cool job. I feel like it's totally <laughs> changed now. I mean, there's no social media. I mean, that was in, that was like 96. Like people are like, uh-huh. oh, when are you going to grow up and get a real job? Like you can't really do that to support your family. Like that's not possible. But then I got married at 18
0: Oh and that's my. when I got
1: my first certification. He was a Marine. I had seen the movie G.I. Jane. Yes. And that was like my favorite. I was like, one day I'm going to be her. And he, and I told my ex I was like, I'm going to join the Marine Corps. I was like, you get to go camping for two weeks at a time. I could be G.I. Jane. I could do this. And he's like, you can't do this. I was like, watch me. And I just went and signed up one day. I was 18. Wow. Um, Ultimately didn't stay with him. That was we stayed married eleven years. So I did join the Marine Corps at twenty. Actually, I joined at nineteen. I left at twenty. Wow. And I will say that that probably had the biggest impact of who I am, my career, and everything else. So I have forever grateful the movie GI Jane oh, and that wow. character. I thought one day I'm going to be her. I'm going to be. A, I'm going to be like uh, Marine Corps Recon, and all <laughs> this stuff. And I was like, when you get in the Marine Corps at that back then, I mean it's different but everything was closed to women. It's like, no, women can't go to war. Women can't do this. Women can't do wow. that. And so much has changed. It's freaking amazing. And I love <laughs> watching it change. And I fought so hard while I was in for equal rights. I was surrounded. I was in a unit that was uh, only two women and all men. Wow. And I was with a great group of guys that really supported me. And um, so I, I got lucky there. But-
0: well, and it's so interesting too, because, and this is amazing, this is actually a, a monumental moment for, for How'd She Do That? You're actually the first female Marine that I've had on the show. So I want to just take a moment oh, to wow. thank you massively for serving our country. There's so many things that that I don't even think I know. When you're sharing, like it was you and one other girl in, in that group were you doing all the same things the guys were doing? Maybe even if, if you wouldn't mind, what, what did kind of a day in the life look like while you were on tour? Oh, it's so
1: crazy. I feel like I've lived <laughs> two separate lives. One right. life is like dirty, you know, showering field. <laughs> and then the next life is in the celebrity world. And I'm like, what a different world I've been in. And yes. I'm like, that was my life. Like, I did that. Yes. It's so crazy. So when I joined, um, I did end up doing two tours in Iraq. I went in 03 wow. when the war, right before the war even kicked off. We sat in Kuwait for about a month waiting to see if the war was going to happen. they would say, yes, no, no, you're going home. And then, yes, you're going in Die, Iraq. No, you're going home. Wow. So we sat there for about a month. And then one night they said, we're going in. And we went in. And at that point, we went 66 days, no shower. I was with the guys. So I went in on day one of the war. And we were in mop gear. We lived in fighting holes. We had no bathrooms. I mean, it just is what it is. And you're disgusting and your adrenaline is on an all-time high and you just do your oh. job. And so a day in a life, every day was different, especially in the beginning of the war. There was no rhyme or reason. Everything changed every single day because oh my missions were always changing. Uh, but it was it was a, a very eye-opening experience. It makes you realize how much we take for granted here in the States. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, and I would say during that deployment, as a woman, I felt like everything was very, very equal. Like there was no, you're a woman, you can't do this, you're a woman, you can't do that. Wow. I was a field MP. So I shot Cruiser gunners. Oh my God. Uh, I was a Cruiser gunner. So I would shoot like 50 cals, Mark 19, like the big guns. You're probably oh like, my... what are you even talking about? Oh, I'm going to Google it after this. <laughs> so, so a turret gunner is the one that's like on a Humvee that's at the top like standing wow. outside the vehicle, their head out. So I, that was me. And then I became a little more rank while I was over there. And I didn't—I wasn't the Turk gunner as much at the <laughs> end. But so I came back and I was home for six months and then we left for another year. And wow. my kids at that point were... So when I left the first time, they were one and three. Oh. Second time, they were two and four.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: And so then I left again. So I, I was gone for a lot of their younger years, but you know, what's really crazy. This mm. is the number one thing I tell people now, yeah. like parents that freak out over everything. Yes. Like This this vision that, and I, I think social media is the issue with a lot of this is this perfection side that they feel like everyone has to be like, I have to be perfect and I have to do this and I have to have the biggest party and I have yeah. to have this and everything has to be perfect. I was like, look, I promise you, you're wasting all this time, not Hmm. wasting your time. Yeah. sorry. That's not the right wording. You're not wasting your time, but you're, you're using these things, things that don't matter when all that matters is time with your kids. Like they're never going to remember anything you did only because uh, that's a fact. And my kids, when I came home, they right now they're 18 and 21, 19, (laughs) 21. (laughs) <laughs> they have no recollection of me ever being gone for two years. Oh. And they also said, mom never yelled at us. I was like, wow, did you block it out? <laughs> <laughs> I got mom of the year. <laughs> You're like, wait a second. And so um, like when I talked to people and they're stressing over this or that, I was like, look, don't put so much pressure on yourself as a parent. Don't put so much pressure on yourself. They're not going to remember all this. You're just fine. If they were late to practice, world didn't end. It didn't I mm-hmm. promise. You're good. You know, Mm. So it's just the little things I wish people would sit back and try to enjoy more moments instead of freaking out for everything to be perfect. Mm. Um, Wow. So then I came home for six months and then I went back overseas. Well, when I was about to leave, they said, oh, women can't go because of where we're at in the war. They're like, women can't go. And I was like, what? I've already been there once. One, I've done the exact same training as all the guys. And so they left us and I had to request masks, which requesting masks in the Marine Corps is like at talking to the next level and then, and then you don't get anywhere. You go to the next level and you go to the next level. And so I requested mass several times and I did eventually, I won obviously. And I made it over there and wow. finally connected with my, my platoon, which was wow. awesome. Awesome. Oh. Awesome. And then, so at that point we had the big, um, and I'm sure you're not familiar and probably nobody's watching. is probably familiar. We had the huge invasion of Fallujah. Oh, wow. at that time.
0: And you were over and, there.
1: Yeah. That, that was like a super, Super tragic time for the Marine Corps uh, at that wow. at that point. And so when we did that big invasion, they needed women to search women because the infantry, which wow. the infantry has no women. I think they do now. I think they do now. But at that point, there was no women allowed. Oh and the gosh. infantry and the men can't search women when they cleared out the city. And so they had to have women. And since my job was actually a field MP. And so searching prisoners of war and searching was actually my job. Oh um, my gosh. They let, I led the platoon the first, so they pulled all these females from different jobs together and I trained them. And then I led that first platoon, that platoon that was then attached to a bunch of infantry throughout the city to do searching and blah, 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 all the fun stuff. And oh. so, yeah, it was the first female platoon that's ever been formed in the Marine Corps. Also oh. the first females to ever be attached to the infantry oh. and the first female platoon to ever be in Warzone. So it was a first a lot of firsts. So there's a really cool author that came over and wrote a book about it actually while I was there. Uh, oh my gosh. Aaron,
0: this is so it's kind crazy. Of crazy. Right? It's And now so I'm a crazy. trainer. And now you're a trainer. I mean I am Woo! already I am already I was already obsessed with you, but I'm like what i mean even what you shared earlier and, and you guys those of you who are listening we're going to dive into it um but yeah you've had a, a few lives in this one life you started off the conversation just encouraging us to take hold of of the one life you have and you've had quite a few different steps along the way um maybe tell us what it looked like because yeah ultimately you you do come home how are you? Are you, are you disoriented? Are you, I
1: I was in bad shape, actually, to be honest. I was, I was mentally, I like, I couldn't handle my kids. I couldn't be around people at all. Wow. Um, I actually really struggled and, but I did, I did the right thing and did go get counseling. I got a lot of counseling. And I think with that, I was able to pull through. And I feel like, I mean, there's still triggers There will always be, I mean, that's what war does to people. Mm -hmm. I mean, you see so much and you experience so much and And, uh, it is a crazy world that you're like, sometimes you have to think, man, did I really live through that? Yeah. So crazy, you know? Yeah. And then you come back and you're like, oh, let's go to target. Right. just like your brain just doesn't switch like that. And that's why I think counseling, I think is such a key to help the recovery for sure. At least it was for me. Yeah. Um, well,
0: and for you to have, because it's really fun to, to know where you are now and to know what you do now, that mental strength that you have, that you share with your clients and that you have to have as a trainer. Um, wow. Now we are able to get the backstory as to where that kind of comes from. Now, tell me this, where were you coming home to? Are you in Nashville at that time? Where are you located So when I you moved come back? to
1: Nashville right away. Okay. So I came to Nashville. Um, I ended up getting out of the Marine Corps after my second tour because I was getting divorced. Yeah. And I wasn't getting, I wasn't going to get out actually. I was actually getting ready to leave for a third tour. I thought I I was going to retire in the Marine Corps, but I was going to lose custody of my kids if I left again. Yeah. Because I had full custody and they said, Hey, if you leave, you'll never get full custody back. And I was like, man, it was one of the hardest decisions. I know people are like, course your kids first. I mean, yes, but also it was a career that I loved, but I made the right decision. Always children first. Yes. Uh, And I'm happy. I I feel like super lucky to have two amazing careers that I absolutely love. And uh, I, I live a best, an amazing life in Nashville and I have nothing to ever complain about. Yeah. Not perfect. Perfect's boring. I live, don't live a perfect <laughs> life. I just live an amazing life. I'm happy. Hmm. I mean, not every second of the day, but I said the majority <laughs> of the day, and I find little things to bring joy. I mean, I, I'm painting tennis shoes today. Oh, my god! Little gosh. things to make yes. me happy. Yes. And I look at I. I I look through all my plants and oh <laughs> yes, <laughs> like plant every Like so, I just I find joy in little things in life. It doesn't always have to be the, all these big glamorous things. That's just not me. The yeah. celebrity world is is definitely not me. I'm like the most normal person you'll ever meet. I mean, a little crazy, but normal. <laughs>
0: Well, it's so fun and it it is. It's amazing right off the bat to just kind of tie those two entities together and really get to know you. Um, Now, I'm really curious because when you get back, you're really getting your feet back under you and you're figuring out what your next steps are. Was it always the the step was going to be looking up after being away and thinking, okay, I'm going to step into being a personal trainer again. What did it look like for you to step back into fitness and nutrition when you came back?
1: So obviously when I came back, my plan was not to get out. My plan was to stay in and go again. Yeah. Um, Obviously, things change and they are for the best. But so when I, I was like, well, the only thing I would ever do is go back into fitness, fitness. Wow. I worked out all the time in the Marine Corps. I loved fitness (laughs) and I love teaching fitness and I love like loving fitness and teaching fitness are two totally different things. You can be a great person at working out for yourself. It doesn't make you a great trainer. Yes. I feel like you have to learn how to really analyze people's bodies and what makes them happy. And it's not one thing fits all, you know, like Everybody is different and how you motivate everybody is different. One person wants to be a little more harsh and one wants this way and one wants that way. And it's being able to read people, being able to understand where they're at, understand their emotions. How how can you get through them to help them? want to make changes because I can wow. tell you all day long do this 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 and it works and I know it works but until I can convince them that they want it it doesn't matter what I say it isn't going to work that's what I, that's where my the game comes in for me because I know how to get everyone to change or <laughs> I know how to get everyone results like there's no question I can do that yeah but how do I get them to want to do it because I'm not with them 24/7 wow how do I get them to want to eat healthy when I'm not sitting there saying eat healthy when I'm not saying eat <laughs> chicken and broccoli every night. Who wants to live that kind of life? That's not me at all. <laughs> that's why in my book, The 4 by 4 Diet, I kind of break down like four major philosophies that I found truly work. And if you do it, you're going to get results. And it's all about learning to live a healthy, balanced lifestyle. I got my mom finally doing it. Like that's oh. one person right there. I could tell her all day long for years and years, my whole life, she was obese. Like size so yeah. was 26 obese. She was really obese. And <clears throat> until she finally decided one day, And she was ready to make a change. And this was, I mean, she was in her 60s. She probably had been 65 when this happened, maybe 66. Wow. And she decided she wanted to make the change. And she started following my book, The 4 by 4 Diet, and doing these games that I host called Step Bet, which is just walking. Uh, And she lost her first 100 pounds. And I was like, yeah.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: But it wasn't me doing it, guiding her. It was, I mean, obviously through my book. But it was her making that decision that she wanted it.
0: Right. Oh my gosh. Well, and you're able to pull that out of people and have since done that for many different clients. I, I'm That's curious. So what, fun. It, it, well, it's amazing, and it's obvious that your personality is so great for it, that encouragement element and then the background in the Marines to be able to step into this. But I'm curious with the time frame here in your story, I think it's so cool. How did you begin to get clients in Nashville? How did you begin to step into the, the fitness world? Because as you mentioned, Mentioned it's it's a hard realm to step into. It, I mean, it's it, so what did that look like for you to kind of begin to
1: have clients? So I started out at a training studio, oh. and then I everyone'd be like, Well, what are you gonna really do when you grow up? Because I was out of the Marine Corps, I had two young kids, I was right. single. I was like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna be a trainer. I wanna be a trainer. Like, you wanna open a gym? No. I want to be a trainer. All I want to do is be a trainer. Like, well, like what's a real adult job? I was like, I'm going to be a trainer. And here I am (laughs) 44, still a trainer, which is amazing. Yes, I stuck to exactly what I said I was going to do. So I knew that training at a studio like that, in order to really be successful and be able to support my kids, I was going to have to do something drastic because it wasn't going to happen there. Wow. And so I decided to branch off and start my own business. Was it easy? Absolutely not. Like people always look at instant, instant success. That's what they see. Yeah. But what they don't see is all the work that went in it. Yeah. So when I did that, I really didn't have many clients. I had a handful, and then I would. So what I would do is I'd train really early. I get up at three thirty. My grandma would watch my kids for me to go to work, and she'd get them off to school. I get up at three thirty. I went to work. I started training at four thirty, every day, and well, five days a week, but I did work seven days a week. I've always worked seven days a week. And then as soon as I finished training and that was all the clients I had, I would go, I started a house cleaning business too. So I was like, I'll clean houses. And as my training business grew, I told myself I'd let a house go and I'd let a house go. And it's all word of mouth. I just slow and steady. The training business grew just by people talking. I, I always feel like if you give people results, that they're happy with, but not even like just results in their physical and their mental. But if you make them feel good, you are able to conversate with them because my son just got his training certification, my younger son Uh or my older son. And I said, look, it's not just about being able to teach. It's about how do you make somebody feel like the best them? If they look in the mirror, no matter what size they are, they feel like a million bucks while they're working on being their best self. Like make them feel like a million bucks. And that's that's kind of where I did. And I was like, if I stay true to my goal of making people feel good about themselves, because when you feel good, you want to do more. When you feel yucky, you don't want to do anything. Right. So my goal was always make people feel better than when I got there. So um, when I left, I want them to feel better than when I showed up. Mm-hmm. And that's gonna make them want to do more throughout the day. And yeah. Instead of sit on the couch. And so <clears throat> I would do that. Now go clean houses and it just spread word of mouth slow and steady I always say slow and steady wins the race so you don't need overnight success I feel like overnight success is when things fail and so I would I would slowly drop a house and keep training and then eventually I wasn't cleaning houses anymore and I was training and then one day I got this random first person first artist I ever trained was Leanne Womack
0: and I I still train her
1: I mean Um. I'm team million years ago (laughs) <laughs> she's amazing amazing person and then it went to a guy named frank liddell which is her husband mm. and he is a um he's a big producer here in nashville uh, they're just an amazing couple love um. them to death and i still work with both of them it just spread word of mouth at that point and i got this random call and it was like hey can you meet me at can you meet it's like you know someone referred us and we really want to look at you for training yeah can you meet us at this uh condo complex and i was like yeah for sure And I got off the phone. I was like, that's a little weird. Why would I go show up for that? And my husband's like, you can defend yourself. You're fine. Just go. Because had it not been for him, I wouldn't have gone to the interview. I was like, that's odd. Right. And so I did go. And at that point, I didn't know when I showed up, but it was for Carrie Underwood. And there was a bunch of (laughs) other trainers that they were interviewing too. And so I ended up having three different interviews before I got the job. And Oh, you know, from there, it just kept growing and I've never advertised a day. I mean, I didn't have social media then. It was strictly word of mouth.
0: Oh my gosh. Well,
1: actually, she's the one that got me to get social media because I didn't have (laughs) any. I was like Facebook. eh." I just didn't didn't get into it.
0: Oh my gosh. But okay, Erin, I cannot let us pass this this up because this is really amazing. I I love every element of your story that you, that you've shared. You guys, those who are listening, don't pass this up. Something you just said really stuck with me that you were, you were training, you were seven days a week. Uh, some of these days you're waking up. I mean, at three, something in the morning, you're training people at four 30 and you on the, uh, on the other side, on the flip side, you're like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to start this other business. I'm going to, uh, clean houses. And as I, you know, as the training picks up, I'm going to let a house go. You guys That's awesome. And Erin, I just want to say that is so, it's just so impressive all around that you're like, this is my dream. My goal is to train, but I'm going to do this on the side and I'm going to drop it as the other entity grows. I'm going to drop that, but you did what was necessary. And it's just so cool. It's so fun to hear that then- word of mouth you're growing um tell us a little bit about this because I think it's really cool to hear the inside scoop of of, of being picked and, and and doing so many amazing kind of personal training elements um but tell us this when did you look up and think okay I'm I am gonna do this until I'm however long i you know want to be or, or was that always your thought there was regardless no question. No, no question.
1: Questions. Wow. Mm-mm. And training celebrities was never something I said, one day I'm going to train right. celebrities. Never. Exactly. <laughs> like the celebrity world, if, like people that know me are like, before before any of this job started. Yeah. I would say I'm the furthest thing from the celebrity world you could ever get because <laughs> I don't know a single soul. Like I didn't know who Carrie Underwood was when they told me. Oh no my gosh. And I was like, oh, what does she do? Oh. Like I knew nobody and I still don't. Like if I don't work with them or I'm not hanging out with them, I don't know. Like the celebrity world is just not my world. Yes. I I I like good people. I like I like good people. I like driven people. I like honest people. And but the way my business ended up was in the celebrity world. And I get DM'd all the time on Instagram. How do I train celebrities? I was like, look, if that's your goal, you're never gonna succeed. Yeah. You, You gotta chase what you love. Yeah, don't chase fame. It, it that's it just isn't going to work out.
0: Well, and it's so clear through your story. I mean, that this is something you were passionate about from such a young age, and knew. This is what I'm doing. This is what I love. Um, I'm so curious to know, though, because you mentioned this, and those of you who are listening, you all may be familiar with Erin. You may already follow her on social media and and see all the different books and, gosh, all of the different things that you've done, your app. I mean, you've really stepped into social media and you share, and and we can find you all over the place. What did it look like for you to step into that realm of marketing within your business? What, What steps did you take to say, okay, I, you know, I'm doing my training, but I'm, I'm going to put stuff out there for people. What, what did that look like?
1: So, you know what? I never really thought about it as a marketing tool Mm. when it started, when I started. Yeah. I thought about it as I'm going to show people that I am a real person. I don't want a pretty. And my team used to say your, your Instagram's the ugliest Instagram. I was like, (laughs) look, I'm not here to be pretty and perfect. (laughs) I'm not editing my photos. They're raw. You get what you get. Yeah. And you get the real side of me. I don't want to have that pretty perfect Instagram. And a lot of people do. And that's good for them. Yeah. Like I'm not knocking that if that's what you enjoy. But that's, I wanted to show people the real side of life
0: for Mm. me. Mm.
1: And, uh, and then it did grow into, wow. Okay. People, some people like me. So maybe, maybe <laughs> they'll want to train with me on my app, but you never oh. know. I mean? And it, it just, it grew in the app. So, first, I did my book. Yes. The four by four diet, which is a healthy lifestyle. It's learning to live a healthy, balanced lifestyle forever. And it truly works if you listen to it. So, hmm. that was my first book. I don't remember how many years ago that was, but that was a while ago. <laughs> and then I did uh, my second book launch this year. Yeah, And it still follows the first book's philosophy, except for it dives more into inflammation. And trying to make inflammation a non-boring subject was my goal. <laughs> because that's a subject that you read and you're like, eh, eh. it's like watching paint dry. It's terrible. <laughs> and so I feel like my writer, I don't write anything. I tell you, I don't write. I don't read emails. I don't write emails. I don't, I'm not a writer in any way. You got to know your own strengths. Yes, that is not mine. And so I have a writer that writes for me. Yeah, because I absolutely would be the worst. If you read a book written by me, you guys would be like, "Wow. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. But um, my writer was awesome oh, wow. or is awesome. And oh. so she she was able to make inflammation, which is a super important subject, and everyone should be reading about inflammation and learning about it. Pretty interesting. So that was my second book, and that's called the Power Plate Diet, which still is a healthy lifestyle with inflammation. I didn't get to pick the names in the word diet. My publisher made me put on there. I tried to fight that. I obviously didn't didn't win. (laughs) And then, so last year I was like, I want to reach the masses on training. Like I want to be able to teach as many people as I possibly can. And I want it to be affordable so everybody could do it. Like I don't, I want to show my style of training and I want to, I want to reach all different levels of fitness. This is not like everybody, let's get you to a size two. My goal, this is not like I want you to have the best beach body ever. What my goal was is I want everyone to build confidence. I Hmm. want everyone to put on the most beautiful outfit you'll ever put on, Hmm. and that is your confidence. And so that's what my goal was for this app, was to build a community of women of all different sizes, shapes, ages working on being their best selves.
0: Mm. So so awesome. that's what I did.
1: Yeah. So it's got daily workouts. It's got modifications. So everybody can play. Mm. It's not like a hit workout. It's more weight training with little bursts of energy, like mm. little bursts of stuff. And every day is a different workout for the whole year. And you can do the whole thing low impact with the modifications if that works better for somebody. And it's minimal equipment that you can all do at home. So it's awesome. And you know what's crazy is I launched it in January, 2020, not knowing the pandemic was coming. So I (laughs) launched a home workout just before the pandemic hit, which was like, I couldn't say better timing. No, you really couldn't. (laughs) I didn't didn't know what was happening though.
0: Well, it's really fun to think, and you guys are going to have to check out everything we're chatting about. And I'm going to give you a chance if you don't follow Erin, I'm going to give you a chance to find her. But all of the different entities and all of your areas of expertise are really interesting to, to think through because something you just shared that I love is putting on the best outfit you possibly could, which is competence. And I want to know, because even speaking with you, even before we were able to start recording and and getting to know you a little bit today, that's a real theme in your life is this element of confidence. Where do you think that comes from? Where do you think your passion to help people find that confidence comes from?
1: The passion, I think because that's what brings me so much joy in life. And Mm. I think because I get so much joy out of watching other people feel good Like when my clients send me a picture and say, Oh my gosh, look how good I look. I don't care what size they are. Like that doesn't matter in the least bit to me that they feel good enough to send me a photo and be proud of themselves. That's why I do what I do every day. And I want that. I wanted that. So the reason I put my pretty muscles app together is I wanted that for more than just my clients. I felt like I could do that for lots of people. Wow. And Like even today, I got three before and afters and the before and afters just in four weeks. And I'm like, holy cow, just think this is the beginning of their journey. It's amazing. And I just love, love, love seeing it. Wow. I mean, that's where I get fulfillment and that's where I get joy out of it.
0: Well, it's amazing too, because I've been able to have lots of different industries on lots of different women from different industries on, but I've never had it said so eloquently what you just shared. You are it is a physical change but you're also i'm guessing tell me if i'm wrong you're experiencing an emotional change in your clients as well
1: oh so much so wow. much is about emotion i feel like that's where the biggest change happens is emotion because when you work out and you move your body hmm. you just feel better in general yeah. your your mood changes like how often do you go for a work uh, a work a walk yeah and just feel cranky because that yeah. vitamin D and that fresh air, the movement of your body, you just feel better.
0: Mm. Like for me, if
1: I'm frustrated or angry, I like to jump rope. Ah, yes. Obviously not right now because I have a broken kneecap, so I'm not. <laughs> yes, not now. <laughs> but soon, soon I get to jump rope again. So movement just changes everything.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Well, it's just so fun. It's so fun to unpack this with you. It's so fun to hear a little bit more of this, the steps of your story, because we've walked through quite a few years and uh, the timeline. And I know you've been working with Carrie since I think early two thousand seven. You've taken yeah, we're on not
1: working together right now, so we worked together for eleven years.
0: Oh yes, oh.
1: yeah. I was like, we built those pretty muscles. Yeah. Uh, she's on her own,
0: which I'm proud of her. Yes. Oh my goodness. And, and you've since taken on many different clients. Um, what does it look like? Because this is actually an entity I wouldn't know the the answer to, and I'm sure my listeners would be curious how many clients, because you have the app, you have your books. I mean, you have so many different things going on. How many clients do you take on in a day now?
1: So I have decided, I decided actually during the pandemic, I was going to start slowing down some on the clientele base because because I have so much other stuff I want to do. There's a lot I want to do in my life and I don't want to just do one thing and I never want to get burned out where I don't want to do it. Uh, So right now I'm only taking about six clients on, but you got to remember that that's still an eight hour day because you got to drive between each client. Yeah. And then- so I still get up at, right now we're actually not getting up till four, which is crazy. Oh my, Aaron. Oh my gosh. That's like a huge vacation right there. <laughs> and then on Sunday, I start, I, just during the pandemic, I stopped working on Saturdays, which is the first time I've ever done that in my life. Wow. I've worked, mat, like during pre-pandemic, I was working at least 80 hour weeks. Oh my gosh. So now I'm only getting up at four o'clock and then on Sundays, I don't have to get up till five 30, which is crazy. Oh my gosh.
0: You think it's crazy for a different reason than I do. (laughs) Up and out. Oh my gosh. Well,
1: you get up to do your workouts. Like, no, my workouts at night.
0: So you do, you train all day and then you personally work out later in the day.
1: Yes. Usually in the evening. Like I, I just finished training and I still have to work out and do 5 million other, like a bunch of photo shoots. So yeah, I got a lot. Of, it, it, it's never ending.
0: It is. It's so impressive. And it's so cool to think about just what the the life of a trainer looks like. And not even, I love what you said earlier, you, not even a celebrity trainer. This has been what you've loved from the get-go to be able to help people feel their best and all of the different entities that you have to offer. I mean, you're doing so. I would love to know, are there any instances instances throughout your career that maybe you'd say failure helped shape it?
1: I feel like I've had lots of failures, but it's not like <laughs> I always say, and I tell my kids this all the time, you have to fail to succeed. Mm. You have to know what failure feels like, but it's not like, oh, you did this wrong because everything about my journey was to grow slow. Yeah. I would say, you know, like part of the failures is I was so late to social media. Had I been earlier, things would have grown a lot quicker and I kicked myself in the butt for a while of that. But now I'm thankful for the Mm. the way that happened. I don't, I don't want, I didn't want to grow fast. I stayed quiet about the whole celebrity world. A lot of people, until I did the Oprah show, no one even knew I trained Carrie Underwood. I I stayed really quiet about everything. Was that a personal choice or what was your thought there? Definitely personal. I just wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't in it for fame.
0: Yeah. But then for you to step in and say, well, hold on a second, I can help so many more people. I, I love that you said that earlier, that that, that was kind of the next step and, and thought there. Well, you just mentioned something really fun, um, Oprah, which is amazing. Could you share? I mean, what what's been, I'm sure that's one of them, but what's been a real wow moment for you in your career? Man,
1: I've had so many because <laughs> nothing that I did, nothing I have done in my career did I ever think I would do. Like right. why would I be at all this? CMA after parties. <laughs> I am I was like, you guys are taking a trainer. I'm like the most lame person that should be there. <laughs> and you want me to wear a dress? <laughs> this, it's so funny, but I mean, now it's become reality because I've been doing it for so long. But in the beginning, I'd be like, oh my God, look at, I'm at this party. This is so weird. And I would text my mom and be like, what in the world? Who have I become? Oh my god! Because there's so many. And then I would go do E! News and I'd be on the Universal Studios backlot shooting a bunch of content. And I'm like, this is so bizarre. Yes. Uh, do you still feel that way or do you feel like you've gotten used to some of it? I feel like now it's all become... I mean, I don't want to say that because that sounds kind of conceited, but I'm not conceited. But it's at all. your, yeah, it's more, it's, it's just, your business. It's, it's It's been a lifestyle for so long now. Yeah. I would say it's just kind of become normal. That sounds like hearing that out loud sounds kind of cocky.
0: No, I don't think it sounds cocky. I think it's just a reality check for anyone listening. It's like, yeah, this, I mean, this is what you do. And I I
1: think- It's like going to work for me.
0: Right, exactly. And I think just tying in your, I mean, gosh, you are it does. I think you said it so well earlier. It feels like you've lived so many different lives, but it's so cool to see the one that you're living out currently. Those of you who are listening, you guys may have tuned in. You may know Erin and perhaps you've DM'd her and said, how can I train a celebrity? What, what does it look like? And I just love the inside scoop that you're giving to it. It's like, this is not all glamorous. Erin still gets up at four, three, whatever time her alarm goes mm-hmm. off, and she hits the ground running. And just even back to the element of when you were getting started, having two businesses, running two businesses and dropping those houses along the way as you took on more clients. Wow. It's it's really amazing to hear. And I, I have to ask because this is, and I always love to kind of preface, this is a bit of a loaded question, but listeners always enjoy hearing the answer. Um, I'd love to know, what would you say is perhaps the
1: greatest lesson you have learned? Patience. Patience. Is that, that's something I really, really, really lack. And I still don't have amazing patience. When people don't do the job that I have a really hard time with um, laziness and patience. And so I mm. have to, like work. Like when people work with me, I've had to learn patience and dealing with different personalities. Mm. And it's been really good for me, not saying it's easy, but it's really good for me because I'm a very structured, if you can't tell, I get up at (laughs) this time, I do this and I train at this time, but I have to be because my schedule is so second to second. You drive from this house to this house at exactly this time, you're going to pull in the driveway and then you're going to leave at exactly this time and you're going to drive to this house. Wow. And your snacks, like there's no lunch break. I've never taken a lunch break. People will say, can we meet for coffee? I was like, coffee? Don't, I mean, aren't you working? <laughs> like, who does, how do you have time for that? But totally. So, because mine's so minute to minute. There's no coffee. There's no, like even to go to the bathroom for me, I just run into a gas station. Sometimes I can't even make it a gas station. I have to pull inside the road and pee. Like, That's terrible, Erin. Hello, Marine Corps. Came back out. Yes, because <laughs> I just don't have enough minutes. If I stop and run into a gas station, I'm going to be late. Yeah, to my next client. Say 100 percent of who I am is because of the Marine Corps. Without the Marine Corps, I would not be the person I am.
0: Yeah. Well, it's amazing. And I, I know I said this earlier, but again, thank you so much for, for your service. And it's incredible to see how the Marine Corps is continuing to shape not only your life, but thousands, hundreds of thousands of other people's lives as we look to you for workouts, for inspiration, for nutrition. Uh, it's it's incredible to see. So I love that that's been a major theme in, in our conversation today. You always, if I know anything, you always have something fun coming up. I'd love to know what's next for you.
1: Okay. So I'm playing with some stuff actually right now. It's not 100% oh. solid, I really, there's two things I want to do and how, which one's coming first? I want to start a donut store. Oh my gosh. I want an amazing donut store and I want like the first level to be this really like, it has a bar, but not like a liquor bar, but like a bar that you can sit at and order your donuts like old school, but really cool. Oh my gosh. And the second floor would be like a plant store where you can go get plants or cut flowers for vases. Oh and the third God. is a rooftop that overlooks Nashville and it's event space
0: oh my so that God. we can
1: do donut decorating classes, all sorts of we can do workouts, we can do all sorts of stuff. So I want to do that. And oh I was actually God. in the middle of looking at a place when a tornado took it down. I was like, okay, that's God telling me that's oh. not the right place. <laughs> that was oh, right at yeah. the pandemic, like oh literally the week before first case in Nashville. Uh, so that I thought there was a good sign there that that was not the right time. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. And then the other thing I want to do is I want to launch my own clothing. Yeah. Those are my two, two dreams and I, I will, at least one of them will come to life. Which one? I don't know. Ah,
0: at least one. I, I don't know. I'm thinking both. I, I think you're I onto think, something. Donut I store, flower shop, event space. Event space.
1: What could be I'll, better? I'll, maybe I'll start a business painting Nikes too, because I really enjoy it. Yes, as you're doing today. Oh my gosh, Aaron. This I is- like hobbies. I love I love projects. I am a project oriented person. I'm not like a big TV watcher. I'm yes. really bored. Like I can watch TV if I'm doing something else. I can't just sit and watch TV. Yes.
0: Gosh, th- this has been amazing and I feel like I could talk to you for hours. Um is there anything we didn't cover today that you'd like to? Man, I
1: think we covered everything. You know, guys <laughs> covered how cool I am and, <laughs> and what more can we talk about? <laughs> Honestly, that's kidding.
0: my that's one of my main takeaways from today's call and yeah. It, well, and really but really truly Aaron, I mean I think the thing that stands out to me that's super cool is an insane work ethic. I mean, just to be able to hear. And the, again, you guys, this is just a little bit of a glimpse into Erin and all that she's done. But oh my gosh, that work ethic and and just it's it's so much fun. It's so fun to hear. Aww. And and I know too, you know, one of the things that really comes out in your story is is you're so personable and and able to meet clients and, and different things like that. So one question I always love to ask is who do you know that should maybe come on and share there? How'd she do that
1: story? You know who you need to have on is Hillary Lindsay. She is an amazing songwriter in Nashville. Absolutely amazing and a heart of gold and just a great human being.
0: Oh, Well, that sounds like the the perfect recommendation. Thank you for that. Crazy
1: successful, but you would never know it. Oh, my gosh. Like, she just is, she's just a real person, and I love her to death.
0: Thank you for such a wonderful recommendation. You all will have to stay tuned for a potential episode with Hillary. I don't think she's
1: ever done a podcast of any sort, so I think it'd be really cool.
0: Oh, my gosh. Amazing. Well, thank you. Thank you again, Erin. That's awesome. Erin, I'd love to hear from you. Where can listeners connect with you?
1: So the best place is Instagram. It's just Aaron Opria, O-P-R-E-A. It's just my name. And then TikTok. (laughs) But I'm just starting TikTok. I'm a little late to the party. Like I said, (laughs) I'm not really the best social media person. But I have joined the party over there very late to it. Uh, Well,
0: I beg to differ, you guys. Aaron is such a fun follow. And again, I could have talked to you forever. But thank you so much for your time today. This has been so much fun. Thank you all for listening to today's episode of How'd She Do That? I am Emily Landers. You can follow me on Instagram at Emily Landers and the podcast at How'd She Do That Podcast. We hope you'll join us next Tuesday for a new episode. We will talk to you soon.